Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. So welcome to this week of Girl on Fire, where I have with us Holly Duckworth. Holly has been named Meetings Today, if I can get that word right, trendsetter for the year 2018. She's been also mentioned for her uh, work in applied mindfulness, uh, really with relation to leadership. So she's a mindful leadership advisor. She is a keynote speaker. She is a best-selling author of multiple books. And we have her today, um, and I'd love to talk to her about, you know, uh, first of all, welcome, Holly. <laughs> Hi, Kristen. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be on your show. Absolutely. I'm honored to have you here. I love the fact that you and I are kind of in the same space, um, you know, really in the space of mindfulness, in the space of leadership. Um, and I would love to talk to you, you know, first and foremost about some of these amazing books you've written. Uh, we have, you know, your book on mindful leadership, you know, the A to Z the A to Z of mindful leadership, right? If you were to give me kind of the biggest takeaway that you wanted the reader to have from reading that book, what would that be? You know, that book is a really fun labor of love. It's not what most people think it is. It's actually an adult mandala coloring book. So the book has a mindfulness practice for every letter of the alphabet. And so and in that book, my goal was really to have people approach mindfulness that sometimes can get a little woo-woo, a little too heady, a little overwhelming, and bring it down to a fun, easy, and approachable way. Uh, and actually, uh, in this time of interesting, I have made all of those coloring mandalas uh, complimentary on my website. If you just go to hollyduckworth.com forward slash mandala dash coloring, all of those mandalas are available. So we, we have the opportunity to color the word hope or love or joy. You know, mindfulness is really just the practice of being present in the moment and coloring is a scientifically proven way to do that. Yes. And actually, I love color. It's so funny. <laughs> It's, it's a big de-stressor, right? Um, it's interesting how that works. Tell me a little bit about this award-winning book, Control-Alt-Believe. Control-Alt-Believe was my first book. Um, and just like any any book, it starts out going one way and then it, it grows and evolves. And it's really focused on association leadership. And it started out and it was going to be called Control-Alt-Delete, Reboot Your Association for Success. And in the last last weeks of working with the editor, we were chatting and we'd come up across a book that had a similar title and we decided, you know, actually a reboot in your personal life, in your association or in your organization really starts with what is it you believe? Yes. And so we, we re renamed it Control-Alt-Believe, Reboot Your Association for Success. And in it, there's visioning activities and affirmations for companies and organizations. So that book's a really... I, I kind of put it on the shelf back in 2014. And yet again, in this time of transition, so many organizations are coming back and asking uh, to utilize those, those practices in that book. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I think your most recent book, is that Mindful uh, Leadership, The Stress-Free Guide to, to Leadership? Is that it? Um, well, my, my most recent book okay. is actually called Sell More, Stress Less, 
52 tips to be a mindful sales professional, which is the intersection of mindfulness and sales. Uh, We released that December um, 15th of uh, 2019 on International Salespersons Day as a tool to okay. support sales professionals um, in what we thought was an interesting in climate then, which now is just continued to grow. Right, right. That's, okay, awesome, awesome. If for our listeners, uh, a majority of whom are small business owners, um, you know, entrepreneurs. Uh, where can we find that book? Is that available on Amazon? I think that's, I, I didn't even know you wrote that book. Here I have somebody doing research on you and we didn't find that. Um, so so um, I think that's amazing. And in fact, I think that's super important, not only, and you can talk to us more about mindfulness and what that is, but that intersection between mindfulness and sales, that just, you just gave me goosebumps for a second. So I'm like, oh, that's great. So where can we find this? I think it's going to be massive. You know, one of the easiest ways to kind of look at the portfolio of mindful leadership is if you go to my company website, leadershipsolutionsintl.com, it's kind of a gateway page to my personal work, to my my corporate speaking, and as well as my partnership in, in what we call mindfulsalestraining.com. So all of the books are on my Amazon page. You can get to them at, at my company page. Um, it is, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, mindfulness, the practice of being present in the moment. Uh, a lot of my friends say I'm, I'm Denver's best kept secret <laughs> because of the, of the experience you, you just shared. Um, but that book is, uh, we know salespeople are really busy. I mean, all of us are really busy, but especially right now. So that book is, it's a inspirational story and a tip a thought provoking question and an affirmation for every week of the year. So it, it's not a, not a big book. I know a lot of people are, oh, I don't have time to sit down. I need 200 pages. You know, this is a, a little, you know, about 100, 125 page book, but you just read two or three pages every day. And I find that helps bring sales professionals into a new thought, a new belief, and a new action about the work that they do. So uh, really quickly, Holly, just give us a little bit about, about your background. You and I have kind of been in this for a while. So you and I have really seen the gamut when it comes to leaders and even the idea of thinking about mindfulness and how it's changed. Um, but you really have a, a lot of experience here. So why don't you give us a little bit about your background so that our listeners can understand why they should be listening to you, right? Because you're really an expert in this area. So why don't we tell them a little bit about yourself so they can understand who they're listening to and why they should perk up and really pay attention? Well, you know, as small business owners, we know that where we start isn't necessarily where we end up, but the every client we get to serve, every project we take on, you know, evolves our businesses and evolves us. And that's, that's really been the journey of, of Holly Duckworth. Um, my experience, it's all out there on, on LinkedIn. But, you know, in, in short, I was a meeting and event professional, worked um, at the Travel Portland, the organization that promotes Portland, Oregon for conventions and events. Um, attained my certified meeting professional designation, which is the highest designation for meeting and event planning worldwide. And came to realize that... Um, the stress, the pace, the 24-7 didn't fit with what I was looking for in my life. And so I went on to get my CAE, which is Certified Association Executive. This is a special designation for folks in the nonprofit area. And then in 2010, I divorced my husband, quit my job, and started my own company. Uh, control, I'll delete, reboot your life <laughs> for success. I, I do tend to live my brand. And added a degree in, as a licensed spiritual practitioner. Put all of that in the blender and said, how do we take spiritual or mindful practices and apply them to some of the world's most stressed out industry? So that 
that journey has taken me um, to a place of founding the C-Suite Network Mindful Leadership Council and writing more books and building more partnerships to grow um, the personal practice of mindfulness and then helping leaders to bridge it into organizations. And I absolutely know that this tool is the single most important tool as we reboot our economy. Absolutely. So how would you define a successful leader? Kristen, great question. Um, wow. I don't think there's one, one answer for that. I think success comes from within. So that the thoughts, the beliefs, and the actions that are in highest and best alignment for your your given lifestyle choices. So I, I want I want to be careful because we're speaking to such a broad audience that what what success looks like is let's just say a, a small business owner and say a multi level marketing type company. Those thoughts, beliefs, actions, and skills may look different than somebody who's in a small business, perhaps running uh, an accounting firm, for example. Um, are there same sames and, and different difference? Yes. And I think that's where um, we're getting to learn as a, as a collective society right now is um, that the more we can be present to one another, we can apply the seven skills of mindfulness, we become more peaceful, more presence-filled, and more profitable. So you know, what, what's, what's the definition, definition of success? I think each and every one of us get to define that for ourselves and then spend our life's journey going after it and knowing that that's going to change and evolve over the lifetime of our, of our life. Right. Yeah. I find that sometimes when I work with clients, they get hung up on kind of creating that big grand vision for themselves. And it's like, don't worry about it. Like it's going to change over time anyway, because as you learn more, as you get exposed to more, as you see new things out there, like that whole big vision it's, it's malleable. So when they freeze and they're like, I can't, cause if I put it there, I put it in stone and then what if, and what if, and what I'm like, no, just put it down, write it down, get it out of you. Like have something to go for and know that it's going to change just like in business, right? You think this is going to be your goal. And then 80 million things happen within 30 days. And you're like, Oh, pivot, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's interesting that you say that, but actually in something you said, um, because I want to meet people where I think a lot of people are at, so you had mentioned that engaging the seven aspects of mindfulness uh, helps people to, you know, de-stress, focus, and, you know, improve profit margins. Talk to us a little bit about that, about the improvement of profit margins. How do you see uh, the practice of mindfulness, you know, increased mindfulness reduction in stress relating to an increase in your profit margin? I, I, I smile and laugh because everybody... So Holly, there's not, there's not a correlation between those two things. There's like 160 million different scientific studies that prove it's true. And, and, I, and I joke, Deepak Chopra is not wondering where his next meal is going, going to come <laughs> from. So uh, for, for, for those of you who are, who are in that question of can this work, I, I say, try it and, and don't take my word for it. Like I'll, I'll share with you, you know, what I do and how I've grown my business with these, with these tools. but there is a certain level of, we, we got to stop reading the book with skepticism and, and dive in and see how it works. Um, one of the practices I say kind of ties into what you're talking about, your grand vision. Um, and I say, what you visualize, you actualize. Yeah. And you know, Kirsten, there's that balance point of the, the, the big grand vision out there, but then there's also that vision 
for Wednesday yep. <laughs> and Thursday and, and Just today. Friday. Yep. Uh, and so um, I also like to explore in, in a mindfulness practice um, what's not just the vision out there, but the vision in my, my experience in this now moment, what's it look like? What's it feel like? What's it sound like? So as a small business owner myself, when I started my company, one of the first things I did, what I visualize, I actualize it. Actually, I printed out blank contracts. So, you know, we all have our, our signed agreement, whatever you call that form. And I would, uh, I did a little quiet meditation kind of with my my still small voice inside and I said, you know, if I could write my dream contract, what would it be? Who would I work for and how much money I would make? Like, what would I give to them? And I wrote five of these out, ABC organization, $10,000, DEF, 15,000. And I, and I let myself kind of feel into how exciting it would be to have that the contract happen. And I put those in my, in my desk drawer and literally forgot about them. Five years later, I was moving my office from Portland, Oregon to Denver, Colorado, and I found those. And I had worked with every single one of those organizations in the way I had put on that contract or something better. So this is a way that you might take a, a mindfulness practice personally and apply it to business. And then certainly we can do that same thing with our teams. If our teams or our sales teams or leadership teams are, are working on that big contract, let's take a time together where we visualize, we can actualize, and then that actualizes into more profit. Absolutely. And it's really funny as you know, um, People don't want to listen to Holly Duckworth. Maybe they'll listen to Jim Carrey. He did the exact same thing, right? With his check for being paid $5 million for acting services rendered. And he had a specific date and it came, I think the day before the date of that check is when he landed his first, first big role in a motion picture and he got paid $5 million for it. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, talk to me a little bit about some because you had mentioned the seven uh, aspects of mindfulness. Why don't you tell us what they are, and maybe just give us a little something, uh, like a little takeaway, that little practice that maybe we can engage uh, beyond just the writing of the contracts or writing out the vision and, and going for that. So I would invite invite the listeners. This I have what I call it a mindfulness mini poster. It's a free digital download. Again, like leadershipsolutionsintl.com on the front front home page um, is this little download. So you can remember them. Don't, don't, if you're driving, don't rush to grab your post-it note to, to write these down because um, I have that available for you. But the first one is featured in the book we haven't yet talked about, which is Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. I think that's the one you were hinting about earlier. And that's the name of my podcast is the Everyday Mindfulness Show. And we, we start out that first practice is intention setting. How do you want to put your energy in motion? And so often by default, our energy and motion goes to fear and doubt and lack and overwhelm because we reward that, you know, that water cooler talk. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. This is a time of control out delete, you know, reboot. What if, what if you set an intention every day to be happy? Um, when you looked at your banking account, you knew you were sufficient, that you had the ability to, to put some positive intentions into the world. So the first step is intention setting. Um, the second set uh, step is um, centering, um, taking that moment to get fully in your body. You know, right now, wherever you're sitting in your car, at your desk, at the, the dining room table, just breathe and, and really center into your, yourself. The third one is beliefs. It is done unto us as we believe. Many of our beliefs come by default. 
this is our opportunity to pause. And I have an activity in, in all of the books. It's a belief 1.0, belief 2.0. And in a, in a time of transition, you know, what do we believe about our kids working from home? Well, what we believe about is what we bring about. Well, we believe our kids are going to fail at this work from home thing. Well, then we just increase the rate of that happening. Um, you know, as a small business owner, if we believe that this is going to be an economic recession, then we're going to going to create that. So that might be belief 1.0 and then belief 2.0 is, wait a second, that's not really what I want to have happen. Belief 2.0 is I want my kids to have the highest and best high school experience they can, even if we're doing it from home, they're going to get an A in geography and an A in civics and, you know, really, really working into that, what you want to believe happen. You know, same, same with your work life. I want to believe that I can retool a product or a service that people are going to buy in this, this time of transition. So intention setting, centering, Knowing your beliefs, the next one is the one I talked about a little bit before, creating a vision. What's it look like? What's it feel like? What's it sound like? Like, be willing to fully live in that vision as if it were happening right now. Um, the next one is affirmations and um, short, present tense statements that when we do get in that downward spiral, we can reset ourselves. And um, my listeners know if I look just above my desk, I'm reading my own affirmations. And right now I have, I am empowered, I am nurtured, I am thriving. That no matter what phone call I take, no matter what show I'm on, I am empowered, I am nurtured, I am thriving. And um, in the book for the month of April, we just finished up the month of April, every single day in this daily reader, we set an, a positive affirmation. I am creative, I am prosperous, I am joyful. And I share a story about how to, how to live that, that affirmation. Um, the next one is movement. Move your body, move your mind. Um, for some people that might be yoga, it might be walking whatever your home gym situation looks like. But what I know is when I get stuck in mindful or I get out of the moment, I'm worried about the past or the future or anything. If I go move my body, I'm going to get back in this present moment. And then the last one is the, the mindfulness practice of, of gratitude and you know, getting up every day, being grateful for that, that bed that you're in, the coffee that you're drinking, you know, all of the beautiful little things that happen throughout the day and then wrapping up your day in that sense of, of gratitude, even, even in this time when life doesn't look the way we thought it would look. So, so the seven are intention setting, centering, knowing your beliefs, creating a vision, stating your affirmations, moving your body, moving your mind, and being in gratitude. So with that being said, you just actually held up a book. And again, I want to make sure that we have this website correctly. It's www.leadershipsolutionsint, as in like international, right? I-N-T-L. I-N-T-L, okay. Dot com. Okay. All right. So awesome. So what is the main project you're really working on these days? What's going on for you right now? You know, as a small business owner, we're all in that same balance of how do I work on my business and how do I work in my business? And so as, as a mindful leadership expert, I'm really working now to stay in the present moment of a certain amount of my day is working on the business because obviously shows like this and, and interviews and, and projects need me. And I'm doing a lot of virtual keynotes right now. And then, yes. you know, working, working in the business. So my, my big focus when I'm not doing public events right now is uh, developing my own new customer relationship database management that uh, refining my systems. This is a great time for us to go and say, are the systems that I created before serving me? Am I right. moving clients easily and effortlessly through my, my, my funnel or my basket or whatever the reference right. is that you use? systems, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
as unexciting as, as it sounds, um, I, I know there's a, a mindfulness about spending time with each of those names and that CRM and, and, and growing that and, and connecting to people in a personal way, even in a, in a time of sometimes feeling disconnected. So my CRM is my current big project. That's awesome though. I mean, I, I'm working on the same thing. I'm working on, on marketing. I've never had to market before. So I'm working with uh, an ad agency out in LA. I'm working with two gentlemen. They're also out in California, but not in LA. And I have somebody else in Texas I'm working with um, because I understand that if I take the time right now and in a proper measure at the other end of this thing, it can be exponential, you know? Um, So all of our little tiny incremental things that we're doing right now, as long as they're one step towards that goal, a few steps later, it's going to be exponential. And I think it's perfect timing for that. A lot of small businesses who are forced to kind of pivot, obviously go online, go online with your meetings, go online with your, your clients, if it's even possible. I have a lot of friends here in Manhattan that straight up closed down. <laughs> you know, they had physical office, their physical therapists are doing certain things. Um, and they're pivoting as well, trying to figure out what's the online alternative and coming from a place of not fear but the joy in knowing that whatever they're building now will sustain in the future. And it just became an extra vertical uh, of, you know, of income when they go back to their traditional set. So um, it's an interesting time. Chris, I was having a really interesting conversation and I would invite Redessa to play with it here, which is um, now's a really amazing time to be present with who, who are the people that are helping you you grow your income and your impact and, and maybe those who aren't and that we may have to release some old relationships to renew some new ones. And so I'd be curious your take on that. I, I had the honor and privilege of being on a show yesterday for the Water Sewage Treatment Association and people go, well, how do you teach mindfulness for CEOs and executives, but our water and the, the health of it and the people who process the health of our water are are also in a time of of transition and, and how are they going to be mindful? So they wanted a, a new perspective on on mindfulness and we explored some of their problems and challenges that I'd be curious, you know, girls on fire, business entrepreneurs on fire, how can we support each other and maybe bring in a new voice to your your problem or your pivot to grow? Are you experiencing that? So, you know, in some ways, yes. Um I but I I kind of check into it probably quarterly. Um, because I'm definitely a networker. If you looked at my Rolodex for anybody who's old enough to know what that is, <laughs> um, it's massive. Uh, it's massive. I, I'm, I'm the type of person that when I go out, I just like people. I don't think about how you fit in my world. I just, if I like you, I like you. If I don't, I don't, whatever, you know, and it is what it is. And I tend to like most people. So I have this massive network and being me, I always want to kind of be in the mix, help out where I can and what can I do. And I do notice that I can bring on things that might not get me to my happy end result. So I clean house pretty much quarterly um, and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, In fact, you and I actually had a talk. I have been going after law firms for so long because I know you need help people. Okay. You are not the the second highest in suicides, alcoholism, and drug addiction for a reason. All right. I mean, you know, of, of, you know, professionals, farmers being the non-professional number one, but 
of the working professionals, we're the second highest. And we've been that, you know, for for a long time. And in fact, the Betty Betty Hazel Betty Ford uh, Hazelton Foundation, along with the ABA, did another survey more recently. Um, with very clear statistics of these young lawyers and what's going on for them. And it's like, you know, you need help, but yet the old guard won't let you in. And for the same reasons we had just discussed about like, well, where's the proof? What's the, what's the actual profit? Is there a percentage I'm going to get, you know, and there's a ton of studies. And in fact, we all know about the Aetna study. So there's a ton of studies that show when you de-stress your employees, they become you know, uh, more productive, um, and you're reducing their insurance costs, and there's all these other benefits that go on. Um, but when you're like, oh, well, I want to know exactly, I'm going to have a 10% or th- you're like, wrong place, buddy. <laughs> like, you know, so I was beating my head against a wall for almost, what, nine years? I mean, and finally I said, I'm okay, bye. I, you know, and I'll still speak at, at, at uh, legal events, but I'm no longer butting my head against the brick wall, trying to get to the, you know, uh, managing partner or the executive board to approve something. Um, done, just done. So yeah, you have to clean house, I think, occasionally, and there's nothing wrong with it. So let let me play with that through a mindfulness lens for for our, our listeners. I, uh, obviously, being a a public figure, I get a lot of interesting on social media. And, and I, I have a, a theory, I call it bless, block, and bye-bye. That if, if you're not in alignment with me and my message, I don't I don't have to get whipped up in whatever it is that you don't don't like about me. And, and so again, whatever in the industry you're in, if you're experiencing that right now from a, you know, a long time, somebody in your network, bless them on their way and open up the space for somebody new to come in um, might be a strategy for that. And I get asked this a lot. So I'd be curious as, as women on fire, how we, how we, we look at this in the mindfulness, the practice of being present in the moment with non judgment. Now, what you said there sounds a little judgy. I go through and I clean, I clean house every, every quarter, which I kind of like that idea. And I say, well, that's not judgy. I say that's, discernment which for me means you there's the the head of I just don't like you I don't like you gone 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 and then there's that discernment of I can't support what you're trying to do and you can't support me so I I discern that again I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my the space I'm taking up in your life for somebody else what's your take on that because you know we we both love this practice of mindfulness and we both know that the judgment piece how do you how do you figure that one out it's really simple I mean look you know when we're in elementary school we have friends and we're in middle school we have friends and we're in high school and college we have friends are these the friends that you know and this happens you know I work with athletes so this happens a lot are these the friends that just because we come on on the the come up that they have to be there 24 7 and they're going to you know back us and be with us Probably not. Um, if they're willing to be stuck somewhere and remain where they want to be and not grow as a person and you're trying to grow, we have to kind of, it's not like we're not friends. It's just, hey man, I need this space because I need the people that are going to raise me up to the level I'm trying to achieve. I'm not judging you for staying. I'm not disliking you. I'm not no longer friends with you. I'm always here for you. But on my journey, it's kind of like you can't have the sandbag weighing you down. You know, we like the sandbag. The sandbag has a purpose. It, it keeps us grounded sometimes, right? But sometimes we need to rise up and that can't happen if we're carrying all the dead weight. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't, you know, here's the thing. I see judgment for 
mindfulness and for goals differently. Um, I don't judge things as positive or negative. I judge them as, are they furthering me to the, to my desires or not? And are they in alignment? You know, I was talking, um, on, on another thing and someone was telling a story about one of their clients and how, uh, their client's goal in life was to find a relationship, settle down, get married, have kids. Right. But his business venture was going to go buy some kind of minivan and ride around the country and like, I don't know, teach art or something. I don't remember exactly what he said. And it was great because his coach was able to bring around and say, well, how does that align with your major goal? I mean, unless the person you're trying to find is that person who just can leave at a split second and also wants to travel around the world in a van, you're not likely going to find that person. And when he had the vision of married life, it wasn't in a van with his kids. It was in a house somewhere, you know? (laughs) So it's kind of like, you know, understand what aligns with you and understand that, I don't think I'm judging people as good or bad for my end result. I'm judging them as to whether in this moment they're going to propel or hold me back. And the question is only for me to answer it. Am I okay being held back or am I not? That's all. That's how I see it. So <laughs> no, I, and I think as small business owners, we only have so much bandwidth. You know, our, our plate is only so big as we move through, through this buffet of life that, you know, we, we've got to, discern what what is best for our plate or not and right now when you know so many of us scraped the plate in the garbage can and we have a whole new blank slate of opportunity it just piles up (laughs) that but that that's mindfulness in this now moment i we we have a transformative opportunity like the planet has never seen yeah and we can choose to go into the fear of that or the faith and possibility of that and any mindfulness practice activating these things can take us into honor this moment, honor this moment, honor this moment, and then start to plant those seeds of greatness. And coming back leader. to something like coming back to something you said about focusing on the word, right? The, the kind of vision, the where you're trying to go with the contract and thing like that. I, I do that sort of in my everyday. Like, first of all, I use a, a thing called uh, unroll me. So I go through my unroll me thing. I'm sure you know, man. So I'll go through it. And, and at this point I am so tired and I love all my coaches, but I am so tired of the marketing ploy of hearing the negative about, oh, it must be a disaster for you to work at home with your kids and da 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 da. It's most the most stressful, unbalanced. I'm like, delete. I'm like, because you know what? It's not. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Okay. We all have to pivot at different times in our life. And like you said earlier, it's like, well, what's what's the highest and greatest good? What what am I looking for here? Right. Or, and I like you, and I, like I think I heard you say this earlier, or something better. I always leave that in there because you got to leave the door open because you don't know everything. Um, but, you know, it's like, stop with all that, you know? And I, I almost feel guilty because people ask me how I'm doing in my tiny apartment with my daughter and two bunny rabbits and in Manhattan and not going out. And when we try to go out, there's all these people without masks. So we just kind of crawl back in our house, you know? And I'm like, we're fine. And I almost feel guilty because I, I never looked at it like, like, Oh my God, I'm going to be locked in my house with my daughter. There's going to be online education. I was like, dude, weren't we trying to check out homeschooling? And then her school ended up being completely on top of everything and mass awesome. Um, and so it's just been, it's been fine. We're even doing like workout challenges because we're like, we're getting too fat for our underwear. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's not a cute look. Um, so, so now we're doing workout challenges. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's really been 
fine. And sometimes when, I, when people ask me, I, 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 I had to cut back for a second and say, okay, why do I feel guilty for saying that? And why am I, because you know what it was, I kept reading about how everybody must be miserable. And I'm like, and I'm not. So I kind of felt like, oh, you know, like that's, maybe I shouldn't say that I'll make people feel better. And I was like, you know what, screw that. That's my truth. I'm totally fine. And you can be too. Is it your ideal vision? No, pivot your vision. What would be most ideal in this moment? How can you handle it? And what's the greatest outcome that you want? Just for everybody to be safe and happy in the end and maybe not come out too behind in schoolwork. I mean, that's kind of it, right? I mean, that's that's it. So I think we can manage that, you know? It's not perfect. I've, I had to cancel a deposition because my daughter would come in every 10 minutes, you know? And I'm like, yes, I do not want to be deposed while she is here. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, there's things that have to pivot and it is what it is. Um, the planet's seeing something it has never seen before. That's another thing I can't say. I have all the answers for you because I've survived the last downturn. Well, that's great. And there's some truth to that. But I'm like, we've never had a rolling global shutdown of the planet before. So mm, let's just go with it. Like, you know, like, let's just see what happens. I, I had a Facebook post where I said I was suffering from prognostication fact fatigue. <laughs> And, and it was so funny to watch that one because I, w- I wrote it really slowly and I wrote it really carefully. I made sure all the words were spelled right. And everybody came back and they thought I was like, I said, procrastination fatigue. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not procrastination. It's prognostication fatigue. And it's just a funny thing. And, you know, mindfulness, it's just that slowing down. Our words matter. And we're learning now, you know, our, our body language matters. And, you know, we, we're we're hearing, you know, about the, the masks and the, you know, the, the deaf people who read lips aren't being able to, able to do that right now. And um, that's where I, I think, you know, the mindfulness practice, I say, put your ears on your heart. Mm. I'm so grateful that, you know, we've moved from a world of, you know, the, the opening stanza in, in the book is, uh, we live in a world of bigger, better, faster, and more, <laughs> where we greet each other and we say, how are you? Okay. How are you? Okay. And okay is really just code for I'm about to lose my shit and I don't want you to know. <laughs> and I, I think that's different now. I mean, I wrote this book just, you know, 20, 2018. I think now we we do put our ears on our heart a little bit more. How are you? How are you really? And that's a, that's a mindfulness practice we all can adopt as small business owners with our customers, with our vendors, our suppliers. That even, our staff. even if we, yeah, our staff. Even if we just take that from from this and, and connect and and honor whatever it is the other person's feeling happy, sad, joy, frustration, exhausted. They're all just feelings and they're all like the clouds. They're going to blow in and they're going to blow out and something new is going to come in. But by being present in the moment and honoring that, we learn the lesson we're supposed to learn. We come better, pe- become stronger, better people, and we connect to the better people that we need and we, we move our, our lives uh, forward in positive ways. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. And I think we're going to leave off with that. I mean, that was a great ending. So Holly, thank you so much. I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. It was amazing. It was absolutely my honor. Um, if I can support your listeners in any way, don't hesitate to drop me an email. It's all on the Facebook and make sure to get your uh, digital download of the mini poster as well. Right. And we will have that in the links below in the description and that's it. Awesome. Holly, have a great one. Thank you so much. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 
3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's thrive underscore tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.